Hello, and welcome to the How to Get an Analytics Job podcast. My name is John David Arianson, and I'm your host. I'm what you would call a practicing professor. I have years of experience consulting in the analytics industry, and I have years of experience teaching analytics in the classroom at Greensboro College. This podcast is an ecosystem that I developed for my students so that they could get world-class career advice from leading analytics experts. To date, my students have got to ask questions directly to analysts and data scientists from Amazon, Apple, and Google. They've even got to talk directly to CEOs, CMOs, and presidents of companies who have been former clients of mine to get insights on how senior managers use data to drive their business decisions. If you're interested in becoming one of my students, check the links in the description down below. I'm currently offering two programs. One is a one-month career services program, and the other is an analytics apprenticeship program associated with Greensboro College. In both of those programs, we take a three-tiered hybrid approach. So you'll have access to pre-recorded asynchronous lectures, live group lectures in a cohort setting, and one-on-one coaching with experts in the analytics space. On average, our students are gaining about a $16,000 pay increase going through the program. On the high end, we've actually helped someone achieve a $54,000 pay increase. This means that on average, our students are recouping their investment between one to two months of landing their job. So if you're ready to take your career to the next level, click the links in the description and apply for our program. I would love to get to work with you. With all that being said, I hope you enjoy this podcast episode. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. So I've got Gavin here, and what we're going to be talking about in this session is how to effectively approach your resume. And you guys can't see this, but me and Gavin have Gavin's resume pulled up right now. And I guess, Gavin, I'll just kick this off to you. How do you feel about your resume as is? Um, I feel pretty good about it as is. Um, There's a couple maybe key words that I may interchange. We talked about as far as like the AI picking up on certain words when they go through, you know, trying to find the appropriate candidate. Um, But overall, pretty good. Um, What I did with mine was I already had a base level resume. We went over ours uh, two weeks ago, um, right before we kind of dipped into the application process with all um, with the application process. But what I ended up doing was I just Googled business analyst resume. So I did that. Um, I added a summary to mine, which I didn't already have. Um, anybody can kind of do that. Just Google it and then you can just kind of adjust it um, to what you may be interested in, whatever analytical uh, space that you may want to go in. Um, and then what you also suggested, which I didn't already do, was added the Tableau public uh, profile to that. Um, and I added the necessary skills. Um, I already had like your certifications um, and some activities, things that I was a part of, um, but the necessary skills specifically, KPI dashboards, Power BI, Tableau, Excel, those are the things that the, you know, um, the AI is going to pick up on. So those keywords, I think, definitely played a part in. Yeah. Um, so know. let me pause you. So, okay. So we're talking about, I want to talk about the Tableau link and then also let's talk about. The skills, so essentially what you're doing in your resume is this thing called search engine optimization. There we go. So it's like SEO keywords, mm-hmm. um, which is weird because that's like a very advanced, or it used to be a very advanced marketing concept. Like only people who were building out websites and trying to rank on Google knew about mm-hmm. this, but now it applies to applying for a job because exactly. of the applicant tracking system. So, all right. So if you guys can't see this, but at the header, Gavin's got his name, his telephone number, his email address. And then underneath that is his Tableau public link. 
So is this working? Um, yes, it, it definitely is working. Um, for anybody that's interested, I think you should go through LinkedIn. They have a resume builder. Um, I have one of the advanced um, things that I do for my current job, so I don't know if it's available for the free um, kind of platform, but uh, LinkedIn actually helped kind of put this all together a little bit clearer. Well, so what I'm asking is that, uh, this is a leading question, before you mm-hmm. start applying for jobs and put the link to your Tableau public profile, you didn't have any views. So what happened now? I have, I think, over 114 on one, and then I probably doubled um, for another. So So I think what's happening is the fact that you have your portfolio right there in the heading. Mm -hmm. It tells me the hiring managers are probably copy and pasting that. Um, Maybe a pro tip could be, can you make it a hyperlink? Uh, or did yeah, it just not? So you sent it, you sent this to me as an email. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you can save it as a PDF where they can just click the hyperlink and go directly to it. Okay. But so, so it looks like what they're doing is they're just copy and pasting this to get a preview of the kind of work that you've done. Because mm-hmm. I mean, well, what do you think about that from like a high level? Which what do you think is more valuable? Like you've got all your experience listed out and your accomplishments, mm-hmm. or a portfolio where you have shown something you can do. Um, well, it allows you to speak to something when you start talking to a recruiter. Um, it seems to have worked out well for me. I honestly don't think some of the businesses even click your profile if you don't have a portfolio link to it. Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, I, what I've been seeing is like I've gotten some of the denials and stuff like that that we always get during the application process. But um, there's been instances where it's like you kind of see that they're just – kind of phasing you out. And I felt like before I added the link to that prior to, um, I was getting more no's than I was getting even viewed your profile. Like if you go on LinkedIn or Indeed or whatever, you can see when the uh, employers viewed your profile. I get more now with the uh, link at the top than I did without. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. So essentially the point that I wanted to really emphasize here is number one, if you guys are listening to this, build out a portfolio. It doesn't have to be Tableau. I advise Gavin here to do that because it's a free, mm-hmm. it's a free server. You don't have to pay anything. Right. I've seen some people actually build up their own, you know, yourname.com and doing a whole portfolio website. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. It may be a little bit. It's it's beyond the minimal effective dose. Oh uh, so, yeah, yeah. So yeah. just putting because last time Gavin, you and I sat down and we like worked through your portfolio mm-hmm. and like polished it up. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I just just doing that was like a great exercise. It was because, um, and it was also cool getting to see the project that you scoped on your own in the real estate market. Mm-hmm. And it's something you care about, mm-hmm. so you can see it as yeah. You're right. The in as you go into the interview process, they may ask, they may actually have your portfolio pulled up in a conference room and say, "Hey, let's go over your portfolio. You've got some interesting work here," mm-hmm. and it gives you an opportunity to talk about yourself and what you care about. Mm-hmm. It's almost like in a this concept called an emotional bid. Mm-hmm. Have, you, have you heard of that concept before? I have not, no. So an emotional bid is like, um, you can almost think of it like a conversational hook. Mm-hmm. So um, like if, if I were to say, oh, uh, you live in Charlotte. Oh, I have family down there. It's it's a way that you can connect and you can say, oh, well, what do they do? It's it's kind of like, um, like in improv, like you can yes and. Mm-hmm. So by putting your portfolio there and visualizing things that you care about, it's an opportunity for you to show who you are, mm-hmm. but also for you to keep the conversation going. 
Yeah, and Mike, I, yeah, in the interview that I went on last week, uh, it was definitely one of the things that I pointed towards to kind of continue the conversation. Um, even past the, some of the questions they were asking, I kind of led with some of the visualiz- visualizations and kind of what I did in those to try to answer some questions before they even came up. Um, okay. So it was a good talking point for me, for sure. Awesome. All right, so we covered the Tableau Public Link. So pro tip one, put your portfolio somewhere in your resume, preferably front and center right under your name. And then now, so you guys can't see this, but Gavin's got his skills listed out. And, okay, I remember helping you put this together because mm-hmm. we had to figure out like how to Line organize it, it. Yeah. Because if you just listed out 15 skills, that's going to take out 15 lines. Exactly. So what Gavin's done here, he has four neat columns that's too deep so it shows all the skills but it doesn't take up a huge amount of real estate um but yeah you also were talking about why you were putting the skills in there Mm -hmm. um so you were talking about it is you're not going to get past the automation you're not gonna get past Mm -hmm. the applicant tracking system right if you don't have the skills listed but let me ask you this. How did you find those skills? Okay, so for what I did, um, I go on. I went on LinkedIn, and uh, during LinkedIn, it'll tell you um, what other applicants, what other applicant skills that they have. So on LinkedIn, obviously, you can go through and go through, oh, I completed this Power BI video or something like that. So it gives you the top skills that all the other applicants have. Um, and if you, let's say you hire, you apply to a mid or senior level position, you can see some of those top tier type skills on there. Um, so I went through all those different job boards, all those different jobs. And then I said, okay, these are the ones that I actually know how to do. Um, and then just wanted to add those to that. So when you, you know, submit your, um, when you submit your resume and everything, submit your resume and application, it'll say, yep, this is checked off. This is checked off. This is checked off. So it automatically puts you in that top tier candidate list. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So this is new. I what what I was gonna say is that go find three of your ideal jobs, go down to the skills section. That works too. And then that's your blueprint. That's that kind works of like too. and yeah, and if, if those of you who listen to the podcast, um, if you guys don't know where to go next with your skill development, go find your ideal job, copy all the skills out there and bam, there you you've got a roadmap. Yes. I build mean, out. That's the easiest way. As I said, I think because I have the premium thing, it actually shows me some of that information and some of the, um, I guess, a little d- different data and stuff on some of the other applicants. But like, it'll tell me like, oh, certain level applicants have MBAs or master's level, a, a master's level that's, education. That's, this is awesome. Yeah. You were teaching the teacher here. Okay. I didn't realize. So you have, tell me about this. Do you have the LinkedIn... You have Sales Navigator, right? I have Sales Navigator, yeah. That's interesting. But it's a version of Premium, yeah. Okay. So if you get LinkedIn Premium, it'll give you analytics on the actual candidate pool. Exactly. This is news to me. That's so... So are you just applying for jobs that you're the top top 5%? Um, No. I mean, I'm I'm all over the spectrum. So it doesn't matter. Like, I... I went through the entry level process and stuff like that, but because I've been in the job market long enough, I was like, well, let me throw my head in the pool for these mid and senior level positions. Um, If I don't get them, I don't get them, but let me at least click on them. And then when I clicked on them, I was like, all right, see, these are some of the skills that they have. So again, that was when I was like, all right, this is what I need to add to my resume. Um, And as I said, it seemed to be helping. Yeah. Because you've lined up what, three interviews so far? Three. Yeah. Wait, how long have you been applying? This is... I think you're a little bit of an outlier in terms of like success rates. Because mm-hmm. you've been applying for what a week or two? Um, heavy. Like I did a little bit, but heavy two weeks. So after our last podcast, okay. um, I kind of went in heavy, um, and then ended up setting 
three up last week, went on one last week, um, okay. two this week. Well, we're going to have a whole separate podcast episode on – we're going to do a mock interview okay. so, we, so you can get some, some reps in of how to answer questions, okay. how to think about it. Um, so that's awesome, and I do want to talk about it. But let, let's focus on – so let's break down each of these. So you've got a summary – then you have your experience listed out. Mm-hmm. And what I like, what I'm seeing as I'm going through this is you've got 10% growth in revenue. Um, you've got a bunch, 46.63. What you've done a really good job of is you've quantified your impact. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people list out roles and responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't really give the employer much. Right. Because they, I mean, if it looks like, all right, go health, Charlotte NC, sales team manager. They know what you do. Mm-hmm. But if you can say, all right, well, I increased sales by 46% over X period. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's huge. Exactly. So, so you're sh- like they – I mean, you may have like one or two lines about what you do. Sales manager is pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. If it were like a more ambiguous role. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, if you get a data analyst role, that's a pretty wide spectrum. Mm-hmm. So maybe you could like clarify that, hey, I, I focus more on um, – Data visualization, or hey, I focused more on actually data cleansing and the extract, transform, load process. So it, exactly. it, it would be good to clarify if it were ambiguous, but you've got sales team manager, regional account manager, and uh, loving this, apprentice. Right. <laughs> so you've got a really solid resume here. And you got years of experience too. And I think also, for those of you who are listening, if you are working in a specific field and there's analytics related to that field, it might be a really easy jump to go from, for example, Gavin, you were saying you were a insurance sales on an insurance sales team. Mm-hmm. So you know that industry. Mm-hmm. So getting an insurance analyst job, it's going to be so much easier for you because you're going to know the business acumen side of things. Exactly. Because isn't that one, one of the jobs you lined up? We're going to take a quick pause from the episode so that I can give you some more information about our career services program. Over the last four years, I have developed a very effective approach to teaching the foundations of analytics. And I've taken that same curriculum from my case studies and business analytics class at Greensboro College and turned it into a career services program. So if you've ever thought to yourself as you're listening to this podcast, man, John David's students are really lucky. You can have a very similar experience to them. Just check the link in the description down below. My career services program offers you an analytics foundations curriculum. So this will shore up any gaps in knowledge that you might have in landing either a promotion or maybe even your very first analytics job. And then you get to work one-on-one with me to help build your personal brand. So we will look at your resume and also help you develop a customized portfolio. All right, let's get back to the episode. Yeah, one of the interviews uh, tomorrow is with an insurance company. Awesome. Um, yep. So, I, so as cool. I said, I didn't even think about it until after I saw it because um, I know they have a big outlet uh, where I used to live at. Um, but if for anybody listening, look at the industry that you're already familiar with, even if it's not a sales role, whatever industry it is, and then see if there's some analyst positions within that industry. I think that's the best place to start because you're the most familiar with it. As you said, you already would have some level, um, some business acumen in that regard, in that field. 
Um, so it may be an easy jump and something you can speak to a little bit more easier than, you know, reaching out to something that even I'm unfamiliar with, but interested in like financial analysts or being a financial analyst or, you know, some more of the supply chain side of things. Gotcha. Also, the next thing I wanted to talk about are, so you've got a whole section here that's skills and that's where you listed out the hard, mm-hmm. hard skills, keywords. One thing that you've also done a really good, a good job of doing is nailing the soft skill keywords. So, for example, you've got like utilizing behavior or behavioral based on coaching, play techniques. What do I see up here? Uh, working cross-functionally with teams and the development of documentation. I mean, this is – what you're doing is you're also showing that you you can – do the the softer side of a job. For example, understanding how to work with two different departments on a cross-functional team is extremely valuable because that that shows that you know how to navigate within a a corporation. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing that you may want to do is start running your resume through JobScan. Okay. Because it sounds like LinkedIn, you're already quantifying as like the top 5%. But you could optimize it even further by running it through JobScan because that's going to give you a percentage score of how well your resume matches both on the hard skill keywords and the soft skills. Okay. Um, And then you – yeah, and you can start to modify that. And it's almost like – like an – is it AdLib? It's like where where you just take the the words and plug and play and put Mm -hmm. it in. And you can just start rewording some of these sentences. Right. Um, So like for example – you could say in this this line right here, it said, consulted with a team to build an ERP analytics infrastructure. If managing was a big part of what you're doing, you could say, manage the analytics infrastructure for an ERP um, data set. So you can start just kind of rearranging and optimizing based on like what words are missing. Right. But other than that, I mean, I think you've done a really good job. Uh, I guess let's recap so you've got your portfolio, so the pre-work to even this podcast, you've scoped out three projects to work on. Mm-hmm. One of them is personally unique to you because you created the project from from ground the ground up. You mm-hmm. found multiple real estate data sources and then combined them together to build a visualization that no one else on earth but you has. Mm-hmm. So that's extremely valuable. It's also plugged into what you're interested in. So you then plugged that Tableau Public link right there in the headline of your resume. Um, you've also done a good job of optimizing for the hard skills and the soft skills keywords, and you've listed out your relevant work experience, and you've quantified it as much as you can in dollars and cents. So I guess I'll reiterate on that last point or expand upon that last point that there may be t- times where you can't say, I increased sales by fifty thousand, or I increased uh, lead gen by you know a hundred thousand, one hundred fifty thousand dollars. What you can do, and you've done it here. So mm-hmm. highest sales conversion rate increased by a team through the annual enrollment period at forty six point four three. So you, what you've done is you have just quantified it. Ideally, like to rank order it, you want it how much additional sales or additional profit came in. Mm-hmm. If you can't do that, then start thinking about all right. Well, did it save hours of time? Did it save weeks of time? Um, did it cut costs? Um, quantify it wherever possible. Okay. But yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, I think you've we're looking at like a really, really nice resume, and it's it's interesting because 
I gave you the template of Christina's resume, mm-hmm. and you went out and found an even better one. Because I think this is even crisper and cleaner. So a note also about resumes, keep the formatting very simple, because if your formatting is inconsistent, the hiring manager is going to disqualify you. Like, uh, this person can't even put together a resume. I mean, I'm seeing that in the apprenticeship program of people who are applying that don't fill out all the questions I ask. Right. Or have terrible spelling errors. It's mm-hmm. like, if it just hits me wrong, I mean, I've got quite a few other people that I can interview. Right. So, and and I, I don't want to come off as like nitpicky, but these things do matter and they might be sorting you out of the candidate pool mm-hmm. just because, you know, I mean, it's not, it's not fun. I don't, right. I don't enjoy doing resumes, right. but it's kind of, you know, a necessary evil to get that, that job and that lifestyle you want. For sure. For sure. I mean, that's that's pretty much what I've seen. Like, if it's between you and another candidate, like, if your spelling's messed up, like, how easy for it for, you know, to do spell check? That's going to be the easiest thing because they're just going to, nope, nope. Well, um, also, too, analytics, you have to be detail-oriented. Exactly. If you were in a sales role and you had a bunch of spelling errors, but, hey, you know, I closed $50 million in business last year, they might let that slide. Right. But... Being detail oriented and organized, right? So this is just very aesthetically pleasing, and and the thing is, like, it's it's not fat like fancy or flashy. Mm-hmm. It's very like you've got the job titles in bold, and then you have comma, and then like regular font with the location, and italicized um, the actual title you had, and then in quotations the time period you work there. That's such a simple format, and then just bullets. For all of the specific accomplishments you had, I mean, I, I can't think of an easier resume template. But I mean, this got the job done because you've you've lined up what three interviews? Three, yeah. So, all right. Well, I think we've kind of beat resumes to death. But I did want to pause and just kind of like have this conversation with you, Gavin, about what is working and what could potentially improve. And I, I think the biggest area for you is maybe running job scan. That might mm-hmm. increase. Because how, how many res, um, applications have you filled out? A lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Like well, 40, 50, 100? Uh, it's, it's more than 100. Um, more than, okay. It's more than 100. But the, the thing that I, I did is after each one of our conversations, I try to retool um, my either my resume or my approach. And I try to be very specific with... Um, like I'll automatically click on easy apply on LinkedIn just to just to get some some stuff. Have out any there. so that's an interesting um, point. Have have any of the easy applies led to interviews? I couldn't tell you to be okay. honest. I don't think so. If I'm honest, but um, because the the easy apply, I think that the, as you said, they're doing the application. Um, I'm not really sure what the word is, but they're get but because with the easy apply, you have so many applicants. So with the um, with premium, it'll tell you how many applicants have applied or at least clicked on the apply spot of that. And so I think they're automatically just sending people away, you know, just excluding people automatically off the top. Um, for the ones that I think that I got the most feedback from are going to be the ones that I actually went to their website. Like if I may have found them on LinkedIn, but I had to fill out a whole profile through, you know, work days what a lot of companies use. So mm-hmm. I'll go through that whole um, that whole process. 
And that seems to play out a little. It seemed to have played out a little bit better in my favor. I did a little bit of both just to see what I could get. Um, I did LinkedIn, but I try to be very deliberate in who I apply to. Like I try to think about what I wanted. Um, I try to read through the requirements, the responsibilities, um, and just even prefer qualifications. Um, I went a little a bit above as far as what I thought I could do just to see if I'd get any amount of feedback or an interview. But well, I was about to say, yeah, and that's that's another good point. Yeah. If you never ask, you're never going to get. So exactly. if it's a job that's slightly above where you feel comfortable, exactly. apply anyways. What's the worst? They're, they're not going to – like I just saw this this um, video on Reddit where it was like – no, it was on TikTok, which I'm kind of embarrassed that I'm now on TikTok. <laughs> TikTok <laughs> it's is good source super addictive. But there was a TikTok where the, uh, mm-hmm. these girls were having a girls' night. And what mm-hmm. they did, they were flashing – they had – um, some type of Bluetooth where they had their Bumble mm-hmm. pulled up on the big screen and they were all laughing at the guy's profiles. Oh, okay. That's not going to happen in this situation. Right. You know, you're not going to have a bunch of people like, oh, what an idiot. Right. Can't believe he applied for that. They just don't care. They don't have time. Yeah. This isn't like, there. there is no, no real cost other than time investment, which I, I do want to ask you, you said you've applied for over 100 it's been over 100, right? How many hours do you think you've put into this process? Uh, probably. It's been a call. I mean, it's been a couple. I'd say maybe one to two, maybe six, six to eight hours a week, maybe. Maybe a little bit less. It just depends. So, what, Okay, so 12 hours? Maybe, yeah. And that's, that's really like In nine. total, yeah, yeah. Probably, yeah. Which, because it'll take you a long time, because even like, so... What I try to do is target the companies that I wanted to work for for whatever reason, and then I try to find different roles, whether that be – because analysts, you can go through and find a, an actual analyst role, but there's also business intelligence. So I try to work with, like, let's say um, Bank of America or something like that and find all the positions within that and then apply. Um, because they don't do an easy apply, you essentially have to click through over and over again. So it's not me having to retool what I've already submitted to them. It's just me clicking buttons, and it just takes a while. Mm-hmm. So it's not overly complicated complicated after you do one for one specific company but um as i said i try to be very deliberate um in the second week of who i applied to and again it seemed to have worked out a little bit yeah i mean it's almost like you're taking a hybrid approach mm-hmm. so our original my original podcast co-host her name was elizabeth illig and she did career services at wake forest mm-hmm. she calls that the spray and pray approach it's like you've got a machine gun and you're trying to shoot the enemy and just i but i think that if you can just Hit one button and apply. I mean, you could apply to like 500 interviews kind exactly. of passively, just not even like really thinking about it. To where you're, and now I think this kind of gets to a conversation about conversion rate. Exactly. So if if you were doing the one click apply, you might have to apply to a thousand jobs. Mm-hmm. Now, if you can just kind of autopilot, I'm just like make it a habit of, hey, you know, I'm going to get in and I'm going to get home and I'm going to be, you know, listening to the podcast and just finding jobs to one click apply you can right. do that and then maybe it's, it sounds like you're taking almost a hybrid approach so that's yeah. super low investment super low conversion to where you're applying for jobs that make a lot of sense mm-hmm. where you have transferable skills so the applying for in, insurance analyst jobs you bring a lot to the table just by being there right so you might actually bring an insight 
to the analytics team that they have no idea about because they've never been in a sales role in that space. Exactly. See, I did it both ways. So one thing that I did, because I appreciate any type of feedback, so I appreciate some no's. <laughs> so what I mean is like when I was doing the easy apply, like especially on LinkedIn, a LinkedIn will send you a notification. It'll be like such and such company viewed your profile or viewed your resume, such and such downloaded your resume. Um, and then you may get some feedback of a no, but when you go on these like work days and some of these other ones, sometimes you get a reply, sometimes you don't. I mean, a lot of yeah. A lot more times you don't. So I just appreciate any type of feedback because if I'm like, oh, they watched it so or they looked at it, I'm like, all right, well, this, I'm doing something right for them to look at it. Um, so I need to figure out what more that can I do, whether that be, you know, maybe introducing the cover letter, maybe just retooling the resume a little bit. Yeah. I need to add that next step. So I like the no's as much as the yeses. Well, I mean, that's we've both been in sales roles right. throughout the years. A no, a hard no is better than a maybe, right? Exactly. Because if, if it's a maybe, it's like, well, should I just should I follow up for this for six months? Mm-hmm. And then like they're like, it's better to yeah to get that strong signal of this is not working. So mm-hmm. then you can retool and make the next sales call or maybe pivot your focus exactly. to a different industry or a different size of company. And that's one thing LinkedIn and Indeed and stuff like that are probably pretty good at. That's really cool. So I'm learning quite a bit about the interview process just. Mm-hmm. Because you happen to have LinkedIn Premium. Because mm-hmm. I think that most of the students that I have applying are not on LinkedIn Premium. Okay. So that gives them quite a bit of, of, of insights. Yeah. you. I mean, you can do I think you, there's a free trial for like a month. Um, so for anybody listening, I would try that first. Um, and it'll tell you, it'll help you build the resume out. It'll help you show all the stuff that we talked about at the top of the podcast. And then um, just kind of go on a spree. Uh, what I did was I looked at a lot of the candidates or the, at least the candidate pool. Um, it allowed me to research the companies that I was uh, looking at as well as the roles a little bit more. So you mentioned cover letters. I wanted to circle back around to that. Mm-hmm. Have you been writing cover letters or have you not? I haven't. Um, That's I, really interesting. So you, I guess at a high, at a high level, let's let's say just for round numbers, you've mm-hmm. applied to a hundred jobs. You've gotten three. So that's a three percent conversion rate. Yes. With no cover letter. Yes. Interesting. So that's good feedback for me. The, yeah. So because I, I told Leon Bay applied mm-hmm. to twenty jobs, mm-hmm. and let's assume a five percent. So that should twenty jobs should lead to one. Interview, right? Mm-hmm. Is that I right math? Know. Yeah, math. one out of <laughs> yeah. I need to calculate <laughs> one out of twenty-five. Right. 20. Um, I read an article um, when I was looking into like banking and some of those other things about major BlackRock, uh, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, things like that. And they were at, they were saying like a cover letter is some one of your most important parts of the. Uh, of your application like that's going to be one of the most important things that sets you apart because i mean they're getting top applicants with top gpas you know a lot of activity certifications coming with the standard undergrad degree um, from probably a great financial institution but at that point your cover letter is going to set you apart so if you're going to apply to one of the top companies that may be something that you want to lean on and it's not something that you have to change on each and every application possibly it really just depends on the role if you have let's say three or four different cover letters you alter a little bit depending on the position you can easily just upload those and fire those off and again that's going to be my next step um because as i said i want to take well, it a step the, what's again. interesting is you may not even have to i don't think i have to but uh, i think no i'm saying you might get an analytics job from the three interviews you've lined up that's true that's very true so you this is in, I, I, we're in the first like iteration of this apprenticeship program so i'm mm-hmm. learning a ton from you going out and like doing the stuff and right. like interacting with what's out there in the wild of the business world mm-hmm. which is which is really cool 
Mm. And it's and I'm I'm also like really appreciative and proud of you for going out and like you're hustling your ass off right now. Trying to. Like you've Trying well, to. but I think that you've one thing that um I think we did differently than like a typical college degree mm-hmm. is that on the first phone call with you, I was like, Hey, what's your goals for this? Mm-hmm. What is the return that you want to have, like, where are you at? Where do you want to go? Right. So I think that's probably a really good motivator for you. Exactly. To start cranking that out because it's like, mm-hmm. all right, I spent twelve hours, but let's say I got a t- what? Your goal is what? Twenty thousand dollar pay increase? Yeah. 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 I think. I mean, at a at a perfect end. Yeah. I mean, I think that's very reasonable. Um, as yeah. I said, I've looked up the salaries of the companies that I had the interview for, which is reasonable. And even maybe it's a little bit lower, but they also do have either a bonus or a commission structure that'll push me push me over where I was looking at. Well, also too, I mean, that's twenty thousand year one. If exactly. you work for an analyst in, in an analyst role for one to two years, you could potentially bump, get bumped up into management where that's well into six figures. I mean, when you think about how much the the course costs, um, the apprenticeship costs, and then how quickly you can possibly get a whatever you know twenty thousand dollar increase, it makes the most sense, <laughs> you know, to take the the apprenticeship course and everything like that because. I as a, we talked about before, I'd apply to some analyst jobs and stuff like that. I didn't even know what I was doing. I was yeah. like, it sounds like something that I could do, but I didn't really know what the position required. Um, and within three months, like you could possibly go from, you could possibly make twenty thousand dollars. Well, it's months. interesting too because what I'm seeing you go through is quite the transformation. Yeah, because like you don't seem nervous about going in and sending in these interviews. No, like like. Like, what we've done throughout the past three months is kind of decipher mm-hmm. analytics as this big black box question mark to, like, oh, here, here's how analytics works at a high level. Mm-hmm. And you got – I mean, it's a relatively simple project that you got under your belt with this packaging company. But mm-hmm. you got to see how it works from, like, soup to nuts. Right. I mean, as I said, going back to our first conversation, it like what you're going to learn in the apprenticeship are going to be the tools that you'll need for the space. I think analytics as a whole is a mindset. Um, so whether like our conversations going through different questions to ask between the different data sets, if you have their general mindset, if you learn, if you grow, if you do more reading and stuff on your own, you'll be able to be more comfortable in these conversations. So eventually they're going to ask you like, hey, have you done this? Do you know this? Or what are we looking for here? You can answer that question or know what to ask, apply it to your visualization, and then you have everything that they wanted. Yeah. So for me, it was just learning the tools. I mean, now, I, I mean, I still need to answer some of the questions, you know, know the questions to ask and stuff, but it'll come with time. Well, it's cool. And I, and. I'm- what to kind of tie it back to resumes, you've completely rebranded yourself. Like mm-hmm. looking at this resume, you are now. I mean, it looks. This is the best one. This is the best resume I've ever had. Like honestly, this is this this is the <laughs> resume that I had when I first was at uh, GC, and I've always just altered it and altered it and altered it as I've went by. But I think as far as what it encap or encapsulates, or I don't know the word, but what it has in it, um, some of the keywords, um, like. Some of the things that I try to make sure I do, like the word created, utilized, enhanced, coordinated, managed, um, you know, infrastructure, analytics, some of the keywords, the skills and stuff like that. I try to all incorporate that, um, which is really cool for me. As I said, I had this eight years ago and yeah. I've just slowly, slowly, slowly kind of told it to where it is. And I mean, there's still some more stuff that I want to add to this, but um, I enjoy the process. Wait, oh, you weren't on the call on Saturday, were you? You no. weren't. So we pulled up uh, Danny Lauer's resume. Okay. So he's 15 years in at Amazon as a senior mm-hmm. product manager. His resume is just like 
outrageously awesome. Like, is it? Yeah, and the funny thing is, like, he's he's now in a role where Amazon has created a role for his unique skill set. So he's managing Australia's entire s- supply chain. Like, he's oh, okay. for, in like the toy department or something like that. Okay, so, so that's like, how you know you're doing something right. He's like, like, I'm making, gonna pay you some money, making to do. a killing. <laughs> yeah. But um, I connected um, him with Leombe because Leombe has been struggling a little bit more than you have on this. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Daniel was like, "Hey, here's here's my resume. If you, if you want anything, mm-hmm. uh, or if you want to just see what it looks like, and it looks very similar to this. Like you guys have very similar formatting. I will say this: his font is a lot smaller, and I think his margins are wider because he's just got a lot more content that he can put in there. Okay, yeah. yeah. I think Danny's earned that second page. So yeah. if you want, if you want, I mean, <laughs> yeah, if you're applying for a job. And you're like, I would say probably if you have less than 10 years of experience, you, sh- you need to fit everything onto one page. Yeah. Which is, I guess, one of my other critiques is that – so at, it, you've got activities added and it runs into the second page. It bled so, over. So I could maybe kind of get up. rid of that if Did, I wanted to. Well, and this might even be a formatting issue. Mm-hmm. Was it in a PDF and it fit into one page and then now we're looking at it in a yeah, Google Doc? Yeah. That's exactly what happened. Okay. I uploaded it and then pulled it back down, and then that's yeah. What I figured that because yeah. it's only three lines. Because when we initially did it, it was all one because that was one of the main points was keeping it on one page. So. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree. Yeah, under ten years probably. No, nah, this looks. So- this looks. I mean, the proof is in the pudding in that you've already got within two weeks of applying for jobs, you've already got three interviews lined up. Mm-hmm. And to make it even more spicy, you haven't written a single cover letter. <laughs> No, no. Um, but yeah, some of these, as I said, some of these bigger companies, um, that's going to be the next step as I get to it. Well, because you, so so you're already having success within this space. Mm-hmm. I guess it's kind of like a decision tree. If you get the job, maybe work for that job for six months to a year and then get your next job yeah. in that space. Mm-hmm. And then just kind of, because generally speaking... And this is somewhat of a hot take. It's mm. controversial. <laughs> you want a job hop early on in your career, mm-hmm. and you can negotiate forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars more, right? Because it's so much harder to to negotiate within one company up. Exactly. Because they they've already got you at this devalued rate. Right. So unless you do something spectacular, and mm-hmm. even then, they're going to struggle to like justify a pay increase. Exactly. Where you can go to another company and completely rebrand yourself. As, hey, I have all these accomplishments you listed out here in this resume, plus I have six months of experience in this other role, mm-hmm. then you can get another job. Exactly. And it, I think it used to look really bad, but now it's just how it, how it works. I think it is, yeah. And especially within like um, like computer science and analyst roles, it's like if you can do the job, especially at a high level, I mean, you're pretty much going to be in a higher gun. Like, I don't think they care too. I mean, they obviously would like to, um, but I don't think they care too much. Like, what I would like to do is, for some of these companies, is just obviously work within the role, obtain the more skills, you know, the sequels. Um, one of the job interviews that went on last week, they were talking about, like, uh, I think it was uh, Google Analytics and uh, Google Data Studio or something like that. I have it written down. But um, okay. some of the, but she was saying that was some of the key things in, um, in the space that they're using for that company. So, you know, kind of getting involved with some of those so I can add more. And what's kind of cool, too, that I was just yeah. thinking about, if you get this job and you, like, need help, I can I can let you play around with my Google Analytics on okay. the Silvertone website. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I mean, yeah. I, mean I, I can just pull that. Actually, after we hit end on this podcast, I'll, right. I'll show you 
the Google Analytics inf- inf- interface. Okay. So uh, that'll be fun. Okay. Also, I just like I love geeking out on on this kind of stuff. Okay. It, it's got it's got all my website data and then also my uh, revenue. Okay. Because yeah, Google too. Analytics. I know that that's pushed very heavy. I know their advertisements and like if you type in try to be an analyst, Google Analytics the first thing that's going to pop up. Um, so the yeah, and maybe the kind of next step, maybe even before SQL, depending on the role, you know, to try to figure that's out. True. But um, but yeah, it was just something I wrote down. I was like, you know, in another six months, this is this going to be another skill to pick up. Yeah. Well, I think we've pretty much nailed this whole resume thing. I mean, well, you've already nailed it because you're already getting interviews, which is a huge, huge step. Kudos to you. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Now, I guess your next steps are you're going to start applying for even more competitive jobs, but mm-hmm. add that that cover letter on there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's almost like this is almost like a uh, A-B split test. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're getting feedback by putting that resume out in the job market, mm-hmm. and then this is getting you a conversion, so you know it works. So now put that cover letter on there, and you can start. I mean, let's let's get you a killer job. Out of this yeah, I think, I think so. This is the next step. So it's going to be this week's goal. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you all for listening, and I'll catch you guys next week. Hey, I hope you really enjoyed this episode. I'm curious, were there any valuable insights or lessons that you learned? One thing that could hugely help us out is if you just took 30 seconds and left us a review with a little blurb about what you learned. Thank you so much for your time and attention, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Hey, I hope you really enjoyed this episode. I'm curious, were there any valuable insights or lessons that you learned? One thing that could hugely help us out is if you just took 30 seconds and left us a review with a little blurb about what you learned. Thank you so much for your time and attention, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day.